Welcome to the Nutrition Burnout Podcast, your home for food and body obsession. I'm your host, Christy Brown, founder and creator of Intuitively Strong. Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Nutrition Burnout Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Brown, and we have a very, very special guest today. One of my very good friends, actually one of the first people I kind of met on the social media realm. Um, she was a strength training, intuitive eating dietitian. And I'm like, oh, this woman is incredible. So um, I want to absolutely give a huge welcome, a uh, big invite to Elena Knicki. And Elena, I want you to, first of all, tell us your story. Tell us about yourself. You have an amazing story. So I want everyone to hear it. Yeah. So um, we'll get into more of what I do because it's part of my story. So as Christy said, I'm a dietitian and I, I don't necessarily like intuitive eating is a big part of what I do. I, I, I've tended to not like speak, use that term to describe me recently, just because for many reasons, maybe we'll get into those reasons as well eventually. But um, so we'll talk about how I became a dietitian and everything, because it's very intertwined in my story and what I do today. So it goes back, it, it goes deep, guys. This All this stuff goes very, very deep. When we're talking about body image issues and issues with food. It always goes deep. So for me, it all went back to growing up as the quote unquote fat one in the group. And in my friend group, I had a really tight knit group of like five really close girlfriends who just, just so happened to all be extremely thin, like not even just like medium sized people, but just very, very thin. And I was not so thin, you know, I was a little bit chubbier. And especially once right before I went through puberty, I gained weight, which is actually a really normal thing that a lot of women don't understand is a really normal thing to gain a significant amount of fat before puberty as your estrogen levels spike before you get your first period. This is a place where a lot of women develop body image issues. Um, and if they had, if they just knew that part, this is actually just a normal thing that their body goes through, that probably could alleviate some of that. But that was a big, a big factor for me. So I never really thought much about my body, even though I was always the bigger friend in the group, I had like, my parents were very health conscious and sometimes maybe use sort of restrictive type words around certain foods and kind of like that good food, bad food mentality. But for the most part, they were very, um, you know, body positive, just didn't talk about bodies that much or put too much importance on that, which I think was definitely a helpful thing for me and instilled a lot of just confidence in me as a person. And so I had a good, like stable baseline, which a lot of my clients do not have. Like if you have a trauma background or parents who are not that way, it makes it so much harder. Um, so what really started it for me was when I gained that weight before puberty and I not only was just the bigger one in the group, but then I really, you know, in my mind, identified myself as the fat one in the group. And I would get, I would get that those types of comments from peers at that time too. So, you know, sixth grade people would, you know, make fun of me for my weight. And again, I was a very confident person. So I would kind of like fight back. And, and act like it didn't phase me. But I think deep down, I know deep down, it really did. And um, especially once I started to, you know, go through puberty and be interested in opposite sex, those feelings of insecurity in my body, like I'd never find a boy, boys would never like me, boys would always like my friends more than me, because they were thin, and I was fat. And I thought and that just really, really cha changed into body dysmorphia, because then I just saw myself as like, a basically just like a disgusting, like, disgusting person when that obviously, I mean, that's obviously very, uh, subjective and, uh, other people would not say that about me, but that's how I felt. So that mindset, once that's really solidified in you at that young age, 
it lasts. Unless you do the work to get rid of that and kind of work through that, it's going to stick in your mind and it's going to stick with you for through into your adulthood when you're like, if you, if you told me when I was going through binge eating and, and the restriction, which I'll talk about in a second, that this all goes back to you thinking you were a fat kid and, and thinking that this was a bad thing when it really wasn't, I would have been like, no, no, it's not. I just want to lose weight. And like, I just want to look be hot happy. Because that's not yeah. what this is about, you know? Yeah. yeah. Just be happy. Cause that's how we find happiness is through, um, a certain physique. So that's what, that's what diet culture tells us. So, um, I, that really stuck with me. And then as I went into high school, um, I kind of like, there was not really active diet attempts. It was just more like body shame and just not feeling really good enough and not great self-worth until I got to, um, like 15, 16, my boyfriend was a senior and he was having his prom and, uh, I was like, okay, I want to lose weight for this. I want to like look good. And to me that meant weight loss. So I actively started to try, tried to start dieting around that time. Tried a lot of different really crazy diets at this point, just like the most fad random ass diets I could try. I had no, no information about nutrition and health at this point. It was just like, whatever somebody told me their friend lost weight doing this. I was like, sure, I'll try this. And I tried to start going to the gym. I was also like, uh, I smoked cigarettes, like since I was like 13. So I was like smoking cigarettes. I was drinking and I was like, okay, I got to probably like stop this. I was kind of a crazy child. So I was like, I don't think you can smoke cigarettes and like run. So I'm going to try to stop smoking, (laughs) Um, which is just a weird problem to have at the age of 15. But in my friend group, this was like normal. Um, So I started, I started actively trying to diet and I couldn't, at that point, I couldn't really I didn't have the quote unquote discipline. So I would try to diet and then I would, I would break the diet and it wasn't a binge the way I experienced it later on, but it was, it wasn't as bad as I experienced it later on, but it was that feeling of feeling out of control and then like really guilty and really a lot of shame. I remember like specifically I was on this crazy diet called the GM diet. I won't even explain what it is, but it's just like food combination in the weirdest of ways. And you do it for like eight days and like, Five days in, I think I, I g- grabbed this goodie bag that was in my closet from like a friend's sweet 16 or bar mitzvah or something I had been to. That was all these like chocolatey treats. And I ate them all in my room in like five minutes. And then I went to the bathroom and I was just peeing and I was like crying hysterically. Cause I was like, I can't believe I just did that. And that's the first moment I remember really feeling that shame of not being able to stick to something. I wasn't really getting myself to be very consistent in the gym. And I was just feeling like a failure at dieting at that point. And it wasn't until the next year, my senior prom, where it was my prom this time. And I was like, okay, again, I got to, I got to like get serious about this, this time and like really look good for this prom, which again, to me meant losing a bunch of weight and becoming really fit. Yeah. So this, what changed for me, which now I realized was basically this got me into the anorexic mindset. But at the time I, I said, I finally found the discipline. And like, I, I thought that this just basically reset me and, and put me into this discipline state. I did this cleanse where you basically don't eat anything for like two weeks or more and lost a bunch of weight. And I actually did the whole thing. And that was the first time that I completed a diet and actually felt successful on it. And I basically experienced what I now know is with, with what anorexic, anorexics experience is this high from not eating where being hungry all the time actually produces dopamine and you actually get a positive reward from that. And that was like 
that's that that catapulted me into five years of fucking destruction excuse my language you might have to figure that out good <laughs> um, of uh destruction after that so I thought that was a great thing I was like oh my god I found this discipline and from there that's what catapulted me into then becoming really consistent with exercise tracking my calories after that for and I would continue to track my calories for the next four years um and that really changed everything for me um, yep. so I can get into what happened after that, but I'll just take a pause. Cause I think that was a lot already. <laughs> I do have a question for you because I am just curious because you said I was the fat one, right. In quotation marks, I'm putting it up here. Um, finish this sentence for me. I was the fat one. So I became the instead, what kind of friend were you that you had to be that I became after that? Well, yeah, because, you know, I always feel like when we feel like we falter in one area, we try and rise in another, right? If I can't be the skinny friend, I'm going to be the funny friend. I'm going to be the crazy friend. I'm going to be this friend. Who did you have to be? Because you weren't the quote unquote, like, you know, what you thought was. Uh, Yeah, I was the funny friend. The funny friend. I still am. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I became the funny friend. Um, and yeah, it was, it was like my humor and my personality yeah. that kind of like, I really worked hard at that. And also it just, it, it ingrained in me. I was already a people pleaser, but in, ingrained in me even more this need to be liked and like, want to be liked by everybody and yeah. just kind of will say stuff and do stuff that's n- not even in alignment with myself, just so that people will like me yeah. because they don't just like me for how I look. And that's kind of what I was fed and, and internally thought that if, especially when it comes to men, you know, well, they're not going to like me for my looks. Cause I'm not that all that I, I don't look good and I'm not worthy in that regard. So I have to like have this personality that's gonna, um, and be, be funny basically. Is offset kind of my way to go about yeah. That. Offset yeah. this. It's, it's like, when I tell my clients, it's a magic trick. Look over here. So you don't see my flaws over here, right? Like don't look behind the curtain because I want you to see this. It's, it's always that I want you to perceive me as this right here. And we put ourselves in this box and anytime you look away or outside of this box, no, 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 no. Well, this person said, oh yeah, well now I'm going to put a flaw on this person so that you can see this over here. So mm-hmm. I, I love that you kind of broke that down for us. It's important. I think to know that when you feel you falter in one area, I, I feel like you're going to try and overcompensate in another area, which I've totally done too. We all do it. I think it's a human nature, but almost like yeah. a sign of, Hey, something else like a red flag is up. So yeah. So keep going. I want to hear more about, you know, what got you into this? Cause I know you got into like some deep, uh, you know, strength training for a while, you know, lifting heavy things like that. The body started like really getting muscular. Tell us how it felt yeah. when you kind of and I'm just going to say this totally as like a, a metaphor, but the ugly duckling into like the beautiful white swan, you know, like in the books mm-hmm. that we have in the fairy tales. Yeah. So tell us about that. Yeah. So it started, my journey with exercise and fitness started with running because that was just like the, I think that's where a lot of people start. That's just like the simplest thing. Right. And also you think, you think of it as burning the most calories, which honestly isn't even that accurate in the, like, actually, if you're looking at it in the grand scale of things, but it just, that's how it's seen. Runners are typically seen as skinny. So that's kind of how I started out. So it all started with running at first. And I, I, I worked my way. I couldn't even run a mile on the treadmill when I first started exercising. And then I worked my way up to running outside and going on these long runs and eventually was doing like, you know, cross country style running on my own and also going to the gym and just completely over exercising. But, you know, it was after that cleanse. And after I started really after that, I was strictly tracking calories at a really low amount of calories. 
and lost a significant amount of weight. And my body changed a lot, even before I got into lifting and, and developed muscles and stuff. And that was just, you know, the influx of compliments was just, mm. was just insane. And especially with the fact that this was what I always wanted. It's like, it all stemmed back from this desire to be um, praised by my peers. Like my friends were of like, Oh my God, she's so beautiful. Like all the guys like have crushes on her. And like in elementary school, it's like now I'm in high school and people are telling me, Oh my God, Elena, you look so hot. You look so fit. Like, can't believe how great you look. And I was like, yes. Like my inner child was like, yes, please. This is what I want. Right. So tell us how that felt in your mind. Like, how did that feel when all of a sudden you, you were this, well, I have to be funny to compensate for not being, you know, looking like my friends. How did it feel when people were finally like, damn, Elena, <laughs> like, tell it was us how, like how all of, all of my deepest desires becoming a reality. It was like, everything was, it felt amazing. It was, it was a total high. And I say high specifically because it didn't last. <laughs> this is the key point. And this is a place where my clients often go back to when they're kind of, uh, when they're going through the recovery process or when they've started binge eating and they're like idolizing this time when they felt like they had such control and um, they got all this praise. And this is what they become so terrified of losing. And after every binge, they're like, oh my God, what are people going to say when they see me if I gain weight from this? Is that like, it's, it, they, they idealize this time. But in reality, this time is like, you have to take into account, if you're looking back on this years later, what happened months in the months following that. And for me, it was binge eating, missing periods, uh, constant food thoughts, my, my life being completely consumed by food and exercise, a whole host of health issues, both physical and mental coming from that. And basically just consume my life for the next four years. So I, I, I developed an eating disorder really is what happened from this. So, and, and, and that, that is what, that's why I call it a high because it doesn't last. And it's really not a lasting sense of well-being. It's you putting your own well-being and your confidence in the hands of other people. And that's just never going to be sustainable. So what happened when that high went away? What did you do? What were your thoughts? And how did you counteract that? Like, let's say you had a good high. Uh, somebody's like, oh, Elena, your muscles are so great. And you're getting so lean. That's so awesome. I'm going to be just like you. And then a day later, it wears off. What did you do then? So it didn't wear off until, um, and, and there was actually rounds of this. Because like I said, so I started with running. And I did that, did that for a few years. And then I got injury injured probably because I was also under eating and my bone density was not great. Cause I hadn't had a period for two years. I was getting a lot of injuries. So I had to take a break from running at this point. I had started binging. Um, and, and then I switched over to lifting and I found like bodybuilding and got really into that. Mm. So there was like another, there was multiple kind of waves in my journey of getting this like rush of compliments and feeling them going away. So the first one was when I had, when I started running and um, I started binging, but actually like me binging because I was running so much in some ways, I think, you know, it made my body look better to people in certain ways because I was, pro I was probably, I was building some muscle probably from the amount I was binging, even though I wasn't gaining much fat because I was just doing so much exercise. So my body was still something that people were complimenting a lot at that point. When I had to take, when I got those injuries and I had to take the break from running, I still couldn't stop binging, which was such a source of stress because I wasn't exercising. So I was like, holy shit, I'm not exercising. Like I need to eat less since I'm not exercising, but how in the hell am I going to eat less and not binge? Like I'm already binging on the amount of calories I'm eating right now. And I, I put on more weight during that time frame and was not exercising. And then 
that was a point where compliments dwindled and I can feel that. So, mm. um, I, I really couldn't do much about it because I felt so out of control. I couldn't stop binging. The only thing I could do was try to get back to exercise the next chance that I had. And that's when it started with bodybuilding. And then I kind of adopted a new so- sort of style of macro tracking, you know, very focused on protein, uh, flexible dieting, if it fits your macros type of thing, realized I had to eat a little bit more if I wanted to really build muscle and recover. So I increased my calories a bit, but still like half as much as I really needed. Um, and got an, another round of compliments at that point, because then I started building muscle and I started to look strong and, and I started to get leaner and, and there was kind of another wave of like weight loss. It, I didn't, wasn't actually losing weight. I kind I did lose some weight, but it was more kind of getting leaner. And there was a, a new wave of compliments there. Um, but I would continue to go through these cycles a little bit throughout the next four years, because there would just be periods where I was binging more periods where I could control more periods where I was binging more, although I was still continuing to binge throughout the whole time. Okay. So you had like this crazy roller coaster of ups and downs and always trying to like control, right? Like get that feeling back. Like that, that's what I want. Yes. I want that like Kung Fu grip. I got it all about getting that feeling back. Yes. Of, I was like, sense oh, of control. Can I just feel how I did in the beginning yes. when I was like, I had control then like what, what the hell happened to me? Yes. That's what I was always thinking. So fast forward a little bit, obviously mental health is going down the drain. Physical health is going down the drain. You have lost your period, uh, which we could definitely hit on a little bit more. Cause that is your specialty, uh, the HA, but also How did you get to this mindset? And I think this is where everybody struggles. I know all of my clients ask me this, and I'm sure you get like a boatload of clients asking you this as well, but you're in this mindset of leanness, smallness, thinness, uh, you know, that certain number on the scale, even though you're maybe gaining a little weight, you still, you know, had that look about you, that physique. How do you go from that to being okay with gaining weight when weight gain? I mean, literally, I mean, to me, it, it, it meant death. Like it literally scared the shit out of me. So how did you go to that transition from it is unacceptable to look any way, but this way to, I am going to gain weight to heal my relationship with food. Yeah. So for for a very long time, um, I just, there would even, I think even if someone told me that you need to do X, Y, and Z, and that's probably going to mean weight gain to stop binging and get your period back. I think I still would have been like, no, Mm -hmm. um, because I was never, I I knew that I had all these issues and, you know, I was studying to be a dietitian at this point. So I had switched over my, my major to nutrition and dietetics because I was so obsessed with food that like, I was like, Oh, might as well make a career out of this. Um, and I was learning about, I learned about eating disorders in school and I saw myself in each of them, but there was a disconnect because I didn't want to believe that that was the case. Cause if so, I'd have to take it seriously and make a change. And, uh, I would always like in my mind be like, yeah, that sounds like me, but I'm not underweight. So I'm fine. Even though like there's, that's a, only a criteria for like one eating disorder. And there's many other different yep. types of eating disorders. Um, so I think part of it was, I didn't take it seriously for a long time. So I didn't even like, I would have never even thought that weight gain was a necessary thing. I'd be like, what? I'm at a healthy weight. Why the hell would I need to gain weight? That doesn't make any sense. And that's what a lot of my clients think as well, who are not actually underweight based on BMI. Um, so that was part of it. And then it was also just like time. I really needed to hit a rock bottom to, to finally come to terms with that. And then also kind of get the right information. So, you know, I was constantly looking at my, my life was consumed with 
not only setting up my plan with like what I was going to eat that week and how I was going to hit my calories and hit all these specific guidelines I had for food um, and what, when I was going to exercise, but then also how I would avoid a binge and like reading books about binge eating, looking up uh, articles about binge eating, just any information I could consume because I was desperate to stop. And when I want to do something, I try very hard at it, but it was not working. And that was what, that was extremely frustrating too. Cause that was going on for four years and it just felt so hopeless. And I felt so powerless in the situation, but eventually I, I stumbled upon intuitive eating the book, um, in my kind of searches for how to stop binge eating. And I read it and I kind of just like, it just, I just didn't think anything of it. And I think yeah. that was my denial brain because how could I read that book and not be like, oh yeah, this makes, this makes sense. Like when I read it a year later, I read it a year later when I had come to terms, I found a specific uh, uh, dietitian pair who talked about um, hypothalamic amenorrhea, missing periods. Um, And that was kind of what I think was the catalyst for me. Cause I learned about how that's actually, that's actually a physiological issue that is linked to under eating over exercise or low body fat. And like that, I could wrap my head around because that there was no, there was no getting out of that. I was like, I definitely have this. So if I have this, then it must be true that I am under eating and I might actually even be at a too low of a body fat for my body, or I might be over-exercising. And that kind of opened me up to being like, okay, maybe I, there is something wrong with me. And like, I actually can give myself permission to do this. And it, it was all about that. It was permission, giving mm. myself actually feeling like I was justified in eating more and, and the potential weight gain that would result. I really just needed someone to tell me that this is actually justified. You actually do need to do this. Like, this is a serious problem. You don't have to keep writing off this problem. So I think it was a combination of that, like getting the right information and actually, actually coming to terms with the fact that I had a problem and that it was a disordered eating. It was like not normal. Um, and then also just hitting, a, I, I had just graduated college and I literally spent the entire four years trying to stop binge eating and I still had it. So I was like, it was, it was just like, I was looking at the rest of my life and being like, I can't continue like this. So it was a combination of both of those things that finally I was like, you know what, if I have to gain weight, I knew the reasons why weight gain and eating more would actually help my body and help me get healthier and happier. I learned the science behind it. It all made sense to me. And then I also said, I'm still terrified of doing this because I don't know if I'm going to like how I look but I will literally do anything to stop binge eating at this point. Mm -hmm. And I want to just be healthy and happy. And I was just really kind of like zooming out, thinking about the long term of my life and being like, I want to be healthy and happy. I know that this is the path to get there. And I've tried everything else. So what the hell else am I going to try? Like I have to do this. And then that's, that's what did it for me. I was still scared, but I did it anyways. (laughs) That's the definition of brave though, isn't it? Like you're still scared, but you do it anyway, as opposed to the people that are just scared and then they don't do it. That's the only difference. Everybody, you know, thinks, oh, you're brave. You weren't scared, but no, you're still scared, but you did the thing anyway. That could go with anything, but tell me more about how, because I know you're like, bread and butter, who you work with, your ideal clients are people with HA, right. That have those missing periods or go to their doctor because, Oh, I'm not having my period. Oh, you're just a lean athlete. You know, those type of things, which is so like a red flag, but tell us a little bit more about 
I mean, how I obviously clearly you had it. So you were like, yes, I have experienced this. I know personally I've experienced it as well, but your period, having your period is your fifth vital sign. I mean, next to breathing and you know, all the other things we do to stay alive. So tell us about why a missing period. And this is so important for, I mean, menstruating athletes to understand that you have to have a period. I mean, this is something that is so deeply important. Give us a little bit more information on this. Yeah. So, so the way that it usually goes for my clients is just like you said, they have some sort of history like mine of dieting, weight loss, body image issues, maybe actually a clinical eating disorder that they were diagnosed with. Um, and their period goes missing. And really from my experience, and I've worked with many women, so many women who've had this issue at this point, the way that it typically goes is that if they're not below an 18.5 BMI, then basically the only, unless they're below that, or unless it's like a really good, unique doctor who understands this issue, they're basically just going to be told, Oh, you're just fit. You're just healthy. You're just lean. Um, this is common when it comes to this, or if they're not lean based, the doc quote unquote, the doctor doesn't categorize them as that they might be diagnosed with PCOS, mm -hmm. which is another another hormonal condition, um, that, that results in irregular or missing periods. That's different root cause than HA, um, and, and is very often misdiagnosed. So it's either they tell them this is just normal. This, this is what happens with fit people like you. Um, it'll come back eventually. Don't worry about it. Or you ha probably have PCOS either way. Their solution is usually take the birth control pill mm -hmm. because it will regulate your periods, which it will in most cases give you a monthly bleed, but that doesn't mean that your periods are regulated because literally the way that the birth control pill works is it works by shutting down your reproductive cycle, which means you can't get pregnant, which is the whole point of the pill. So it literally shuts down. It, it, it tricks your body into thinking that it's ovulated and, and it then that, which then pr pr prevents ovulation from happening. And ovulation is the main event of the cycle and the period happens like 14 days later about. So it's a big lie and misconception. And a lot of doctors just really just don't have enough information or are operating on old information and mm. they treat things with medicine because that's what medical doctors are supposed to do. And, and that's fine. We just need better um, information and referral systems and stuff to really understand what hypothalamic amenorrhea looks like and, and what, how it presents and how we can treat it. Um, and doctors just not the ones to do it. It's dietitians, uh, therapists, these are the people to kind of treat Absolutely. personal trainers in some cases to treat this type of thing. So Absolutely. that's a, the big piece of information I want people to understand about it is if your period is missing, like this is like Christy said, it is literally there like the, it's the American association of obstetrics and gynecology, I believe that has literally labeled it a fifth vital sign specifically in adolescence, but this should carry out to all of life. Because if you think about it, whether you want to have kids or not biologically, the, the female body is a reproductive vessel, whether we wanted that to be that or not, we're much more obviously <laughs> now. Um, but that is the purpose. The, one of the main purposes other than survival for our bodies is reproduction. So, and, and our hormones are just set up for that ebb and flow. Our brains are set up for that ebb and flow of hormones every month. We need the estrogen before ovulation and then the progesterone after ovulation. And if we're not getting those, that balance of hormones throughout the month, like that's just not how our physiology is meant to work. So it's not going to be a good thing. And you're going to, you're going to experience much more than just bone loss is the one that most people know about. 
If you don't get a period, your estrogen levels get low enough. You can lose bone mass or not build up proper bone mass, but it goes far beyond that. I mean, there's so many like short-term issues you might experience if you don't have your period, like insomnia, sleep disorders, fatigue, thyroid issues, Mm. your hair and skin and nails getting messed up, feeling tired all the time, feeling cold all the time. Um, and, and having no, having no libido, feeling like your mood is flatlined, like you mm-hmm. you're depressed, anxious, like there's just so many things that, that go into it. And then long-term health issues, like all higher risk of Alzheimer's, higher risk of heart disease. So it's, it's just a really important thing to have a healthy period. And not enough women know about that. Cause it's, especially with like birth control culture and medicine, like we're just always given birth control. It's basically feeds us this impression that our, our periods don't really matter that much, but when in fact they really, really matter. They tell us a big story. And I think when you <clears throat> say that it almost sounds like birth control is being used as like a bandaid, almost like when we have binge eating, Oh, another diet, I need to be stricter. I need to be more disciplined. I need to have more willpower. It's kind of like taking your car to a car wash when it really needs an oil change. Right. It's like, you can make it pretty and shiny on the outside, but the inside still needs to be healed. It still needs that oil. Right. So especially when you talk about those, you know, teen athletes, or, you know, even I just had a client worked with a senior in high school and missing her period, you know, one of those things to where it's like, man, whether you're whatever age you are, but especially if you're that teen athlete, you need the most calories you will ever need in your entire life. Like at that point. So when you talk about bone loss and, you know, everything going on and your body is still at that stage of like just finishing up growth, right? Like it's, it's kind of just like, it's almost like, all right, I'm not going to uh, give this plant water anymore, even though it's about to bloom, I'm going to just, you know, go ahead and put it in the dark corner over here. I'm going to just shut the door, leave it in the basement. So, um, as far as the, you know, birth control being one of those band-aids over, over things, dieting, being a band-aid over binge eating, what do you feel is that main cause like that? You know, if we peel back the layers of this onion and go deep, 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 deep with all your clients that you've worked with. And what do you feel is, is the main core of why we binge eat, why we feel the need to look a certain way, why we feel the need that we have to be somebody in our tribe of friends and our group of friends. What is your feeling on that? I would say when you go deep, deep enough. It's really about how important, how much importance we place on our physical appearance. And, and that goes back to our body shape and size. Um, so you can say whatever you want about, you know, what type of look that you like, and it it gets so sticky when we talk about, you know, what's cultural norms when it comes to like, what are we want our bodies to look like? What is, um, you know, looking at looking for a certain type of biological, like, you know, your body kind of says something about your biology and your health. Like there's just so much, there's so much to unpack there, but regardless of if you have, if you want your body to look a certain way, or you think a certain body is beautiful and you really like, you really feel that way at the end of the day, like beauty cannot be the top priority over health, mental and physical health. And mm-hmm. when that becomes the the purpose or the top priority, that's when you're going to run into to issues because that's where you're going to run into eventually things like binge eating and missing periods, because you will do things around food and exercise to change your, your weight. And if we're really obsessed with appearance, we'll do it in other ways too. Like we'll do, you know, get unhealthy procedures or things that aren't really great for our bodies, but we're doing it anyways. But we're talking about specifically weight, which obviously we've tied very closely to beauty in our society. Um, we'll start to do things around food and exercise that 
even though our bodies are sending us all these cues, we don't like this. We feel fucking bad. Excuse my language again. We feel terrible. Like we don't want to do this. You'll still keep going because that doesn't matter to you. And deep down, you kind of know it. Sometimes we don't know it. And sometimes it's about education of like, this is a symptom, like the thing with your missing period. This is a symptom that something's wrong. Um, But ultimately, most of us know deep down that what we're doing is not great. But we keep doing it because it doesn't really matter to us because we put our appearance above all of that. I think that's the deepest root cause of all of this. I love it. That's that's so, so incredible. Um, Elena, I, you have just been like a fountain of knowledge here. Thank you so much for putting in your delightful words. I mean, your story itself just kind of comes to life when you talk about it and how you walked into this world and especially probably thinking, oh, I'll end binge eating and get even healthier if I go into this, you know, if I go into the studies of dietitian and I'm, I can be this person and find out new things when really it probably dripped you even more. And then, like you said, I, I feel like you have to get to this bottom level to where you're like, I cannot do this anymore. That I, yeah. something has to change or else I don't know what's going to happen. And so your story just says it all. I truly and honestly cannot thank you enough for being here. Um, you are one of the most incredible people. You are somebody who I know when you reached out, I was just like instantly, like you're a, an incredible person. So, um, oh, Elena, you. tell, you know, everybody where we can find you, uh, Instagram, anything you have coming up, going on, uh, you know, you have an incredible Instagram too, by the way, I, I love your messages, your stories, everything you post on there is absolutely just hits the nail on the head. And I'm always like, yes, <laughs> yes. So tell us where everybody can find you. Uh, thank you. I feel that way about your stuff too. Before I do that, I, can I just say one more thing that oh, relates please. to, cause I know your listeners are, um, into lifting and into like, yes. you know, recreational athletics and yes. stuff like that. One thing I forgot to mention about periods and not getting your period and your hormones is that that is very, and this is a good motivator for people who are really afraid of the weight gain, but want to do this work is it's so important to have healthy estrogen levels, especially, but also healthy progesterone levels and all of these sex hormones for you to perform at your best, for you to build muscle, for you to build strength, for you to have energy for your workouts and also to recover from them. So let that be a motivator as well, because if you don't have, if your hormones are flatlined and you don't have these hormones, you're not going to be at your full potential. Like you're going to be plateaued. I remember I was super plateaued in the gym and it was after I recovered that I hit my highest PRs numbers that I, 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 I seemed unattainable before. And I've seen this play out with my clients as well. So I just wanted to make that quick note. So true. So true. I love that you said that. That is incredible. It is how how all of a sudden you're like two weeks later after eating a lot, like a decent amount of food, a lot of food. I'm just going to say it. You're just like, Oh, I can lift this now. Like this was like something I couldn't even hit. So, okay. I love it. Thank you for mentioning. Yeah. And the same goes for if you have a period, but you're just struggling with binge eating and those other symptoms of restriction, that means you're not fueling properly properly. And if you feel properly and you decrease the cortisol from all the stress of all this stuff, that's all going to translate to better performance, more muscle growth, better gains. Like, so, so be excited about that. I just wanted to put that out there. Cause I think that's a good motivator for people sometimes. Absolutely. yeah. So in terms of where you can find me, my Instagram is Elena Kanicki underscore RD. Um, I don't know if I should spell I'll put it in the show notes. Like yep. the show notes. So they'll okay. have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can follow me on Instagram there. That's where I'm the most active. Uh, I have a podcast as well that I come out with uh, two episodes a month. It's weightlifting nutritionist podcast um, on all the podcast platforms. Um, so you can DM me if you just want to talk, get more clarity on what's going on with you. I have some, some availability for one-on-one consults. I have a membership. 
Um, and I talk all about that on my uh, Instagram. So you can just follow me there and you'll, you'll find out all the good stuff. Oh, what, oh, I have one more question for you. For our listeners who are loving this message, what would be your best advice for them to just get started on this journey? I would do two things. I would reflect first on the past, you know, however long you've been struggling with this stuff, years of your life and, and reflect on that as well as reflect on the future. So for the past, I would say, how, how much has, have these struggles taken from you already? How much have they impacted your social life, your relationships, your career goals, your life goals, your health, your mental health? Like really, I would write it out so you can be very clear on, on how much of an impact this has already had. Sometimes you're just going to do that on your own and naturally, but writing it out can be very, very powerful because you'll realize things that you didn't really realize. Um, so I would do that to kind of really get real with yourself on how much this has taken from you and, and ask yourself, am I really willing to waste any more of my precious time here on earth feeling this way? And, and, and then, and then kind of move it to the future and think about what do I ultimately want if for the future on my deathbed, do I want, what do I want to look back and feel and feel, what do I want to feel like I've accomplished? How do I want to feel that I lived my life? For me, it was that I knew deep down, I wanted to be happy and healthy and I loved life and I wanted to live as long as I possibly could and live a healthy, happy, long life. So if that's what you, if that's what you want, I think that's what most of us want, really look at what, what these issues have taken from you already, how much of your life you're willing to give to these just because you're so afraid of gaining weight, which I know seems like it's such a big deal, but it's really not, especially if weight gain gives you back your entire life. Um, and, and get it. very yep. clear. On, <laughs> yeah. Get clear on the things that you're really looking forward to when you're free from this and what matters to you the most in your life. And then just take like the next tiny step. Even if that's like for some of my clients who are still tracking calories, sometimes it's like literally increasing their calories, by like a hundred calories right. just for them to take that step. And that's fine. Any step that you can take forward, you're going to face that fear little by little, and then it'll get easier. Um, but that's what I would do. I'd reflect in that way to kind Love of it. psych yourself up for it. Yeah. Yeah. Can I do this for another five to 10 years? Right. Is this okay? I, I love that. It's, it's so powerful. So, oh, Elena, you're just the bomb.com. Thank you so much for being here. All right. After this, I want you to go directly to the show notes. And along with following Elena, I want you to go to the Sunday Scaries link that's on there. Because if you aren't already, that is where I send you my weekly tips to end binge eating and these thoughtful thoughts to chew on each week. Yes, pun intended. Absolutely. I'm punny. Really punny. So, I will see you next week. If you have any questions at all, respond to the email that you get in your inbox when you sign up for the Sunday Scaries. I am going to respond to each and every one of them. So I want to know what you're struggling with so I can put it out on the podcast because likely what you're struggling with is what other people are struggling with too. All right, my friends, until next week, stay courageous and stay nourished. Intuitively strong at